Welcome to the Matthew Dark Show. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. If we lose freedom here, there is no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Where hypocrisy meets accountability. I just want to do God's will. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine Sit back and enjoy, or call in and get involved. The prisoner wishes to say a word. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Now here's your host. Take it away, Matthew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome aboard. This is the Matthew Dark Show, KLZ 560, this Wednesday, June the 7th. We have a fantastic show for you today. This is a buckle up, listen in, and get ready to act on it. Before we get there, let me lead us in prayer and get this show started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence, and we thank you for your living and active word. We pray for the protection of our guest this morning, and we know he is doing your will, your work here on earth. We say all of these things in the heavenly name of Jesus, we say amen and thank you, folks. Welcome in. So good to be with you this Wednesday on KLZ. Now, let me set the tone here because this is a tremendously uh, impactful show, and I want to make sure that everybody understands exactly where we're going with this. We've, we've said for some time that if you can't protect children in this society, you're not a society. If you're a leader in this country and you can't protect children, you're no leader. And so we must take action for the things that come in on our heart and do this. Uh, our guest this morning is Mr. Basil Boz. And, and let me go through some of this. This is a rich and thick resume, rich and thick history. This is former U.S. Marine, former CIA Special Ops, current humanitarian, author, writer, actor. Sir, we're going to get into so much of your body of work. I want to welcome you in and thank you. How are you this morning, sir? I'm good, Matt. Can you hear me okay? I hear you great, and thank you for joining us. Um, I want to just start with, I mean, this is... I mean, this resume, I mean, oh, my goodness, I'm here thinking I would never put mine next to you. I want to thank you and commend you for your body of service and your body of activism. And I'll tell you, I have a feeling just out of the gate that your mission is so focused on uh, protecting and preserving the life of children. Who cares about this body of work? If we can't save and bring our children home, I know your foundation is ARC, then all of this is worthless and all this is futile. So I'm encouraging our listeners today to get on board and really support what you're doing. Can you just sort of go through how does how do you get to this moment in time, your body of work, bringing us up to present day, just sort of bring our listeners up to uh, what called you to this kind of work and where you're currently at today, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, this all started for us in 1993. I was assigned to uh, uh, Special Operations CIA in Mogadishu, Somalia. Uh, a lot of people remember that place from an incident called Black Hawk Down. Yeah. And it was during that that uh, uh, our, we actually rescued a couple of children that were really out of place. They were half-breeds, uh, mostly Italian and Somali. Um, and um, we weren't authorized to do it. We just did it. Uh, but when I got back to the safe house, I started pondering about kids. And before that time, honestly, Matt, I... Uh, I thought all kids kind of grew up like we grew up, you know, yeah. like you go to school, you get an education, you get married, you live in the great country of the United States of America. Uh, but uh, I was restless about that. When I got back to the States, I checked with my law enforcement partners to find out exactly what was happening in America. And in 1993, there were reportedly 
250,000 American children missing. Uh, I inquired about missing actually Matt, and they were all considered mostly runaways. Uh, the, the terminology exploited or trafficked uh, wasn't a big thing then. And also on the law enforcement side of the house, uh, they were inundated with terrorism issues, crime, whatever. So most of the kids were actually being written off. Uh, they didn't. They had budgetary constraints. They couldn't go from state to state. There were communication issues between, you know, multiple law enforcement agencies. So it all boiled down to nothing was being done, or that children weren't a priority. So um, anytime you get called to something, uh, it just gnaws at you yeah. until you actually follow God's calling and go do it. And that's what I chose to do. In 1993, I started the Association for the Recovery of Children, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization of former intelligence, military and law enforcement officers dedicated to the recovery of missing, exploited, and sex trafficked American children. And, uh, and then by 1996, uh, over a three year period, I felt even more called to do it. And I left the CIA and started really digging my heels in and going after this. And and so what's interesting is that what a lot of the things we're seeing happening now in the anti or the trafficking world with children or look at the border or whatever it yeah. may be, these are things that we were seeing early on because I think I think it's safe to say we're one of the longest running child rescue organizations yeah. out there outside of, you know, the Salvation Army and other people like that. But the things we were seeing and the things we were talking about even things with Jeffrey Epstein, yeah, we would bring these things, these issues to people, and they were just blowing them off. You know, it was just, it was unfathomable. They couldn't believe that a child could be used as a commodity um, for sex trafficking. They didn't believe that there was uh, child slavery. Uh, they didn't believe there was satanic cults sacrificing children. And the list just goes on and on and on. But interesting enough, as time has passed, that's been 30, 30 plus years now. God has removed the veil uh, in the way that only he can do it. And now it's right in our face. But the challenge we have now is called accountability. Mm-hmm. We live in a country now, sadly, where if we expose something, everybody thinks something's being done about it. Kind of like exposing Hillary Clinton's emails, right? Right. And everybody's like, oh, man, something's going to happen. But nothing ever happened. Right. You know, or we say... CPS was involved in trafficking children or whatever it may be. Okay. But nothing ever happens. So we're working now in a broken judicial system and there's compromise and corruption everywhere. So it is not a matter of knowing that it's happening anymore because people are always saying, well, people aren't aware that there's child sex trafficking. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And they turn a blind eye to it. But what, what's frustrating Americans nowadays is that there's no accountability, mostly for the perpetrators. Uh-huh. And so child sex trafficking has gone from the entrepreneur on the street or the pimp to now some of the most sophisticated, most elite corporations, people, politicians, pastors. The list goes on and on and on. Cartel mostly yep. uh, and gangs. And now it's become one of the most lucrative business models globally now 
That is breathtaking. Our guest is Mr. Basil Baz. He is the founder of ARC, the Association for the Recovery of Children. Uh, I want to hit on something you just said there, because that's that's the issue I have is there was denial that this was going on. But then there's sort of this numbness. To me, this is stuff that keeps me up at night. It makes me want to do bad things to those people. It makes me want to take any and all extreme actions. What do you think? Is it is it because it is such a grotesque, satanic thing that they're doing in society that people's minds can't go what is preventing people from taking action and saying i will not sleep until these children exploitation what is are we that numb why is there no response like you know we see it black lives matter and all these why is this not moving the needle like it should yeah one of the reasons is because there's so many people complicit in it we're an over sexualized society so it would blow your mind matt at the number of people that i've talked to and they have actually said, well, what's wrong with people having sex with children? Mm. You know, the LGBTQ XYZ community, mm-hmm. I've, I've gone undercover and I've had these conversations and you'll hear that come from many of them as well. Now, that doesn't mean that all gay people believe this, right? but the organization in itself, pressing the transgender issue, it in itself, and I have been in meetings where you have literally heard them say, we need to sponsor pedophiles. We need to help normalize pedophilia. So that's one part. The other th- part is apathy. Another part may, may, you know, in a world where we have a failing economy in America, people are struggling just to feed their kids and put gas in their car. So they don't have time to do that. <laughs> and on the other end, as is most corruption and evil, when it comes to making money, it is so lucrative that um, people have already compromised. And so they have to turn a blind eye to it. And then finally, the biggest thing is that it's just evil. Mm. It's just evil. And as you know, Matt, and many of our listeners know, um, and I don't care what anybody thinks. Let me me make this statement real clear to our audience. God doesn't need your belief or your disbelief in order to exist. Amen. When your day comes and he calls you home, I want to see you raise yourself from back from the dead, okay? Right. You do that, and then maybe I'll start thinking differently. So with that in mind, God has always talked about good and evil. And we are seeing it play itself out more in our society now than we have probably have in the history of our country. So you basically have a war against good and evil. And evil has always, as far as I can remember in all of my research, tried to do nothing but destroy, to warp the minds of good people to um, take what God created, which is beautiful. And look, you look at a child when it's born, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a God-given creation right there. Yeah. But what does evil want to do? You can call evil whatever you want. You can call it the mind of men. You can call it sin. You can call it Satan. You can call it whatever it is, but it exists. And anytime that I walk in to go rescue a kid and you pull a four-year-old girl out of a closet that's chained to the floor hmm. with multiple cigarette burns, who's been raped nine times a day by female and male perpetrators, hasn't been fed in two weeks, that's evil. Yeah, That's evil and it's wrong. And I don't need to understand the mind of the perpetrator because I don't want to re- rehab them. Right. What I understand is it's wrong and that justice needs to be served. So kind of the parlay into what you were saying about what you really want to do to it. Yeah, I don't know of too many people downrange that are in the fight that don't eventually get to that place where it's like, you know, I think justice needs to be served a different way. Right. And I'm going to tell you one thing in our country, and, and I commend Governor DeSantis for this in the state of Florida. When he passed the, the new law 
that you rape a child, you get the death penalty. Yes. We've been pushing we've been pushing that legislation for 15 years now. In fact, I even went to the White House when Trump was in and talked to Katie Sullivan, mm -hmm. who was under Attorney General Barr's office, about that issue as well. I'm so happy to see that passing. Yeah. With that in mind, any governor in their state that is not willing to pass that law so that we can deter predators from, from raping children, in my view, they're complicit in the crime. Amen. And I don't mind saying their face because that is the most precious of, of things that we have in America, and that's America's future to some degree, are those children that need to grow up. So every predator that I have talked to that's been behind bars, and we made a point to do this, and we're doing it again now, actually, I've asked them, what's the one thing that would have probably deterred you from molesting that little kid and even murdering that little kid to some degree, mostly yeah. molesting a child? Every single one said, well, if I thought I was gonna get the death penalty, I probably wouldn't have done it. But now I'm getting seven and I'll be out in three. So, so our law is way too lenient. We have to send a bigger message. It's kind of like Gavin Newsom letting all the criminals out of California sure. and they're going out and committing crimes again. There's no excuse for that. You know who should be held accountable for that? The governor. Gavin Absolutely. Newsom should be held for it. So that's, that's kind of why as much that could be done is not being done. It's unspeakable. It's unthinkable. Our guest is Mr. Basil Boz, uh, founder of the Association for the Recovery of Children. Our southern border is now facilitating, I would imagine, an explosion. I know we've seen some figures come through of, of some 250,000 unaccompanied minors that have made their way to the border. 100,000, we have no idea where they're going on. How much of that is going? I mean, I, I've gone back and forth on the border. Was it just to replace the white man, the Christian guy, and they're going to replace him with these places? Or, or is the root desire down at the border is to do this continuation of child sex trafficking, child slavery, and all that stuff? Can you just give us a glimpse of the horrors going on at our southern border right now? We've never seen anything like this, correct? That's interesting, Matt. You know, we were the first team on the ground in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, to blow the cover off the night flights that the Biden administration mm -hmm. was bringing in. Um, we we ran surveillance. We filmed that. We sent a report up to ICE. I got response back from ICE that uh, basically, which is our hands are tied. The Biden administration is doing it, which was a, an original eye opener for us at the, at the level that this was being allowed. We followed those buses that picked those children up uh, in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they were basically dropped off in a parking lot. There was no reunification center, and they were just handed off to people. Now, from our observation point, uh, there weren't hugs, there weren't warm welcomes. A little, some of the kids were reluctant to go with people, and we don't even know who those people were. Right. So um, that was our our first opening to wow, what's happening here? And then, of course, the border issue. Um, it is clearly questionable as to where these children are going. I think I saw on the news, we uh, Congress had, we had 85,000 yeah. illegal immigrant children that we can't account for. Right. So where are they? So right. that's, that's a question. So if we're having that type of MO, so to speak, oh yeah, and by the way, those airplanes for people that wanna know who the shareholders are in those airplanes, uh, we did the, re we did the re Intel report on it. Vanguard, <laughs> Vanguard, uh, mm -hmm. is one of them. 
uh, and BlackRock. Uh. They're the major shareholders in those airlines. And by the way, you want a list of all the senators and congressmen in Washington that have all of most of their money and financial assistance by BlackRock and yeah. Vanguard? We can give that to you too. Yeah. So there's all these, we, we could call them special interests. Um, we, but here's the problem we have, or not a problem, it's a challenge. What is, what's Homeland Security doing about it? What's the FBI doing about investigating the connections to even look and to see what type of money is being made, what type of corruption is being made, uh, or cor what type of corruption is involved in all of this? With all of these massive connections, you know, you connect the dots and it's like something smells really bad. So we have this open border, we've got things, kids coming through that are unaccounted for, and then we've got the camps that are pretty much closed off. I think I, I just saw some uh, recent document, a uh, recent uh, video on some of the camps, and you know, people that can't get in, they can't really tell you what's going on in there. There's rumor, but you need evidence. You really have to have evidence. So I will say in my experience, Anytime you have this type of scenario where now we have an open border, now we're collecting kids and camps, anything and everything can happen, which can be corrupt. Yeah. And so, are, in my experience, is it a possibility that more kids are being trafficked, that more kids are being raped? It, let me put it to you this way. If nothing's happening, then why isn't there transparency? Right. Why isn't there somebody in the administration saying, let us show you the program where we're bringing the kids here, we're taking step A, mm -hmm. then we're taking step B, and then we're doing step C. But that's not happening. It's very nefarious. So in my mind, as a person that's been dealing with child sex trafficking since 1993, I wonder what's really going on. Yeah. And, and here we go back to the thing that I mentioned earlier. Where's the accountability? There's not. And there are so many people on the payroll. I will tell you this, and I don't think this is a big secret in America. You don't have to look any further than the connection between the cartel and people in our administration right now. Right. The cartel and law enforcement. The cartel and three-letter agencies. Yep. The cartel is, a, is one of the wealthiest corporations, so to speak, on the globe. Mm -hmm. So how does a government actually compete against the cartel? They don't. They join it. Right. So a lot of people I've had this conversation, they go, that's a pretty bold statement. Let yeah. me tell you something. I don't make statements unless we can back it up. I'm a former intelligence officer. There are There is intelligence out the gazoo on connections between politicians in America and members of the cartel. The FBI knows it. My former agency knows it. I've seen some of those files. We've got other people that have those files. We all know whether that's hard evidence of photographs of politicians with cartel members, whether it's the layout of how the cartel works here in America, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, it's one big mechanism now. So we have to ask ourselves this. Drugs were the thing at one time that were making money. I can sell you a kilo of cocaine and that's going to be gone within the week, right? Yep. But I can sell you a 12 year old boy Bingo. or a seven year old old girl. 15, 20 times a day mm. at a pretty stiff price. So is that a moneymaker? Yes, it is. Mm. And you know, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. I don't think it would have been put in the scriptures if it weren't true. Not the love of money is evil because, you know, people do good things with money. Yeah. 
But the love, I mean, not that money, excuse me, is bad in itself because you can do good things with it. Sure. But the love of money yep. is the root of all evil. In this case, I believe that's what that's all about. Yeah. I heard so that. So we definitely need to go. Yeah. No, I was just say that you just hit it. I heard that for the first time. It really kind of came just flooring onto me, this idea that we can sell you a bag of cocaine once and that's gone. That's done. One time use. But a kid over and over and over. And the price you pay to get across this border into the United States, uh, the cartels will determine when you've paid that debt in full and the conditions Absolutely. that you're describing. And that's my point. And I, and I look and this is not just a Democrat thing. I mean, I think. I think Democrats are the most pro-open border that we have publicly. But this is a uniparty issue. There is no doubt about this. Congress right now should be sleepless until that border is closed, until every child is safe. These are things that should be happening right now in America. And it's not. Why? You said it. They're complicit. Uh, I want to continue in this sort of line of thinking. You mentioned the FBI, the CIA, and now it's been pretty it's pretty obvious that our FBI is not this independent party. They're not this agency that is just looking to serve justice. They've become. Have you seen a, an, an incredible evolution in your career with these three letter agencies as far as their their values, their service to America? Or, or have this always been their inclination to sort of teeter on the side of partisan, teeter on the side of corruption, teeter on the side of dishonesty? How has this evolved in your career? It's a big career over probably 35, 40 years since you've been uh, in a member of those agencies. Yeah, there was a time when those organizations were filled full of really, uh, really good patriots, so to speak, mm-hmm. people that went to work to defend the country. Um, and there are still good people in those organizations. But keep in mind that those organizations are so large that they can be compartmented and things can be occurring within each of those organizations that other people aren't even aware of. Um, particularly if you have a, a certain clandestine program or a clandestine initiative and you work on a need to know basis, um, you know, two thirds of your organization may not even know what's happening until it's right. too late. I mean, look, we're looking at the JFK assassination yep. now, right? I mean, I went through my whole career not even having a clue that the agency may have had its hands in it. Right. And yet now I've recently had discussions with a number of people that were on the ground there and looking at evidence and it's like, wow, go figure. There was a mob agency tie and and there was a Bush tie and there was a Johnson tie. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, when you can reach out and touch the people that can show you the evidence, it becomes questionable or it becomes a little more real. Yeah. So the same thing with the, you know, with the FBI. Um, there are a lot of good people. I still have friends in the bureau um, and they're trying to get their kids through school, yeah. you know, and um, right. and they're not they're not compromising. But I've had those private discussions, too. And they're as upset about it as well and actually figuring out when they're going to jump ship because they can only tolerate so much um i had a conversation with some bureau guys great bunch of guys and they made a comment they said uh why don't you look all the way back to j edgar hoover who founded the fbi and look at the amount of corruption and um and his words gay frivolity um that was involved and and on and on and on he goes he goes, we're at a point now where we believe we've always been, to some degree, the most legal criminal organization uh, with a badge. And I thought, wow, that's a bold statement. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about that is most of the organizations 
have become politicized. I think that is a result of their globalist ties, to be honest with you. Uh, they believe they're untouchable. You know, we have people talking about they need to be disbanded. They need to be reworked. I've, I've, I saw an interview two days ago of a former CIA officer, uh, much older than me, that actually made a bold statement said, I believe the CIA should be disbanded. Oh. Uh, broken apart and refixed. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning in that direction now with a lot of those thinking the level of corruption is so out of line that those organizations, we need those organizations. We need what they used to stand for, but there definitely needs to be a, a house cleaning uh, in place. There needs to be more transparency. Um, and the question is, how are we going to do it and who are we going to do it? We want somebody, somewhere down the line, either two things have got to happen. We've got to have a president and a Congress in place that's powerful enough to make that happen, or we have to do what we should have been doing in our country a long time ago. We the people, yeah. the people, yeah. you know, um, you know, we, you talk about, you know, all the activity we have with BLM and Antifa and all of that stuff. And, and they didn't really get painted as bad, bad guys, no yeah. matter how many buildings they burned down. Well, that was all part of a global plan. We know that yeah. that was all plant part, liberal, democratic, woke. And with all due respect, and I know you said this is not a, a democratic issue, but I've come to the point now that it is yeah. part of that problem is because of the Democrats, because of the way they think. I haven't met too many Democrats and aren't woke, liberal, left, socialist, communist to the point that they you could call them socialist Democrats. Um, that mindset, it comes from how they were schooled, the education they've received in colleges, uh, the brilliant plan by socialist globalists around the world to infiltrate our universities and change the thinking of people uh, so that they think it's okay to not have a democracy or a republic. And, and low, you know, woes into them because if they've ever lived under a social system, they're gonna regret it. When the time comes, if it were to ever flip from a republic to a socialist society, uh, they would be some of the first people that the, the elites would go after. Absolutely. Because as you know, it's just the elites and it's the poor. The middleman, which are that's that's been the bridge yeah. from, hey, you can come to the country legally and be a poor person and get your chances and work your way up. And one day be a millionaire if you want to be. So they are part of the problem. <clears throat> and I think that we, the people, patriots, Americans, and that that's not all Republicans. It's not all conservatives. It's just patriots that stand by the Constitution. I think that we have got to get to a point where enough's enough. And you don't care if Joe Biden says you're a domestic terrorist. Right. You don't care if the FBI says you're a domestic terrorist because guess what? I think that's what the British called yes. George Washington and everybody else, right? Yep. So um, I don't know if the patriots of this country are willing to gather. They certainly did it during the Trump that the 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 on the sixth. They certainly were able to do it there, and I think. There needs to be a repeat of that, not necessarily, you know, getting into the Capitol, but I think the masses need to show up and I ask ourselves this. What would happen if 40,000 people showed up at Quantico in front of the FBI? Right. What would happen if 40,000 people showed up in front of the CIA's bill? Yeah. Or what happened if they'd show up at some senator's office or what, you know, the masses, so to speak? 
And so we are slowly getting to a point where that needs to happen, or I'll tell you what will happen, Matt. Yeah. We hear a lot about civil war. I don't think civil war is going to be like the North against the South. It's not going to be that way. I think what's happening is good patriots in this country are going to say, you're never taking my freedom away. The Constitution is not going to get rewritten. And we were, and we, we spent all of our career not wanting to come home in a body bag, but we have no problem dying on our own soil. Yep. And I think pockets across America um, are going to be the ones that are going to take action. I'm not, I'm not advocating violence, but I will tell you this from experience, and I don't think there's one law enforcement officer, one three-letter agency out there that could dispute this. When people rise up in some type of violence, and they go after bad people. Um, that's the only thing bad people generally listen to. Yep. Because they have money, they have power or whatever, and they feel they're untouchable and nothing can ever happen to them. But I, I seriously, if I were to do an assess, a threat assessment or a predictability analysis, I would say that what will eventually come in America is that Americans will not lay down and just roll over and be sheep sent to the slaughter they will go out, they will pick up their arms, and I, they will go after these people. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, once it's been deemed that these people are really bad people, they're not going to wait because their faith in the judicial system is not yeah. here any longer. Nope. And, and that's just my predictions on what I've seen, I've seen in, in foreign countries, and that's what happens. It just gets so disruptive, and people go, you're not going to do this anymore. That that's what they do is they go, okay, justice has to be served in a different way. And I'll bet you a burger on it that for you, that we're getting closer to that than we need. People are smart, and they're not going to do a January 6th thing again. Nope. They know that they're, they're going to be smarter than that, and we're going to start hearing about little things here and there where some evil person, we, we had it in New York. Somebody, they found a pedophile on the street. I can't remember the whole story. And they had either carved into his chest or written in black ink, this man touches little girls. Mm. They killed him. Yeah. And Good. and and so it's like, okay, people are, are at a point here in America. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of people in our country, whether they think they're untouchable, um, whether it's politicians. By the way, if I could just touch on this, you know. Yeah. Um, we don't need any more politicians in this country, Matt. Nope. We need leaders. And if you pride yourself on being a politician, then perhaps um, I should do you a favor and let you know that in the eyes of most good Americans, the word politician is synonymous with lying, compromise, yeah. slight Scum. hand deals, yep. greed, snake oil, corruption, yep. and the list is endless. So, <laughs> you see, yeah. I'm the guy who's willing to say what everybody's thinking, but they don't want to say it. Amen. But I, I, my friends who go into politics, I go, don't, don't do that. Don't go in as a politician, you know, particularly a career politician. Go in as a leader because that's what we need. So anyway, Absolutely. I know I was a little bit long-winded on that, but no, I you're right think on that's it. where we are. That's You're right on it. And I do think that we want to make sure I'm very clear on that. There is one party in America that supports 
late term and post-birth abortion. There is one party in America that supports an open border. There is one party in America that supports these lenient laws when it comes to pedophilia. There's one party in America that still thinks COVID-19 is a pandemic and that mandates for all and mandates and masking of children. That's the Democrats. And that's why we're calling all the time on Democrat moms and dads to wake up. Go to the Secretary of State right now and change your voter registration and say, you know what, you no longer meet my needs as an American because I'm not down with the LGBTQ. I mean, what's so, and this is where I go back to is, is these rhinos and these conservatives and they're, they are politicians because here we are, we're yeah. staring evil in the eye. We, the people have elected conservatives to go out and do battle against these demons and they lay down all in the guise of, we don't want to offend anybody and everybody's welcome and blah, blah. So there's a problem there with the spine and that's why Trump was so unique and uniquely qualified. And when I say that, it's, it's because he didn't care about hurting their feelings. And I feel like the party right now, Christian conservatives, we're too worried about hurting his feelings. But when you're looking at a demon who will rape a four-year-old and then tell you that this is part of his entitlements as an elite, I'm sorry. Uh, make sure you hurt that person's feelings. So you're on it. We have to have the conversations about Ukraine, the border, COVID, all, January 6th. My goodness. Uh, all these things must be described. Uh, so you were just buzzing along through me. These are all the issues that we got to have. Our guest is Mr. Basil Baz, now former U.S. Marine, former CIA special ops, uh, the founder of ARC, the Association for the Recovery of Children and author. I'm hoping maybe we can go through some of your works here. Uh, the most recent, something bigger than overthrowing small governments. I'm just go through some of your literary works and where people can kind of really get more um, of this material, because this is the stuff that you need. Even though your mind doesn't want to go to these places, you have to have this information, folks. Go ahead on some of the, the writings. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Uh, when I got out of, uh, when I got out of uh, college, it was, I was told by a professor that um, I wasn't a very good writer, mm. which is really funny. Um, and um, lo and behold, I guess I turned out to be okay yeah. because uh, the book's a bestseller. It's it's great. It, it is uh, a lot of people ask me how I got involved in rescuing children, and that's what the five hundred and basically twenty eight pages wow. is about. It's like how I went from uh, being in the CIA to becoming a humanitarian and rescuing kids. Uh, it has great humor in it. It has a lot of operations. It's got a lot of teaching points. Uh, it's very, uh, it's very profound, and it's very pointed. Look, I'm, I was raised. You know, my grandmother was Native American. My grandfather was an illegal immigrant here in 1914, um, oh. and my dad's a former Green Beret. Mom's everything is good on this earth, and I was raised to be kind to people but to not compromise. Mm. And that's what I learned at the Citadel. That's what I learned in the Marine Corps. It's what I learned even in the CIA and Ground Branch with the men and women that I followed there who were people of no compromise. And so the book doesn't compromise. I, I'm not really, I'm not really cares. I don't care that much uh, if, if someone's feelings are hurt. Yeah. I mean, not, as long as I'm not saying anything bad right. about them, you know, I'm, I mean, malicious. That's not what I'm saying, but you're certainly not, you know, going to hurt my feelings because I, I could care less, right? You know, so um, I just say it, and uh, and I stand my ground. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, you know, 
So people go, well, you, you know, you, do you hate people? It's like, no, I, I love just about everybody. Yeah. There's things that people do that I hate. Um, and I think they're wrong. In fact, I know they're wrong. But we live in a world now where um, everything is acceptable. And you know what? Everything isn't acceptable. Yeah. And I don't tolerate everything. And guess what? I do discriminate. You know who I discriminate against? Lazy people. Yeah. Lazy people. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a mixed breed. I came in the military and, you know, and one of the I've seen one of the worst things we are doing to our society now, Matt, is every time I hear this, I cringe. I hear people go, well, I'm an African-American. I'm an Asian-American. I'm a I'm an Irish-American when most of those people have never even been to those countries. And and I look at them and I say, you know, what's interesting. I said, I've been downrange with just about every person of every color that I can think of in the Marine Corps and in the CIA. And what I've come to find out is when I've hauled somebody over my shoulder out of the trenches, we all bleed the same color. Amen. So how about just be an American? Yeah. You know, it's and we've allowed ourselves to believe that we can be divisive that way. And it doesn't mean you don't have proud heritage and everything. But when you're trying to unify a country, you don't set up a scenario where somebody walks into the San Francisco 49ers for tryouts and says, I'm a Dallas Cowboy 49er. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. It's like, what team are you on? (laughs) And this is what we've done. All this equity, divisive crap, which it is, excuse my French, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. It divides us. When you start thinking that I'm an American and that's what I is, that's what I am, and the Constitution is, then you start unifying people. Well, we've gotten away with this kind of false narrative and allowed people to part and parcel our nation already. And that was by design. That was by design. Even using those words are by design. I've got friends of every color, of every, you know, um, lineage that you can think of. And even those friends that work with me downrange will tell me, for example, my black American friends will go, I'm, if you want to call me, I'm an American. Or you can say I'm a black American if you're distinguishing. I've never been to Africa. I don't want to go to Africa. You know, 15 generations before, I wasn't a slave. My grandparents weren't slaves. I don't want anything given to me. And my Asian Asian friends will say the same thing. I've never lived in Japan. I'm just an American. I mean, I've trained for the last years at a dojo, and I'm like one of the very few non-Japanese, you know, type of people there. Right. And even those people, it's really funny, you know, listening to them as Americans talk about what the Japanese did during World War II. Yeah. It's really, it's it's kind of funny, you know, yeah. but they don't associate with it. So um, we've, we've constantly been driving the wedge through education, through narratives, through the way we express ourselves, through what we call ourselves, through what we allow people to call us, so to speak, to the point that we are where we are, are right now. We have, we feel we have a lot of differences. And the reality of it is in a pinch, when the economy falls yep. or there's a war on your on your own home soil, all those things kind of disappear really fast. Yep. It's really, it's very ironic, you know. So, um, yeah. you know. Uh, so, our guest, you know, I think it's, yeah, go ahead, know, I'm just going to say our guest, Mr. Boss, I, I want to touch on that because uh, we were just having a conversation <laughs> last week about, you know, our, you know, we're actually on the same side. Most people, we don't realize that the 
the perpetrator is our U.S. government coming after all of us, you know, and these people that have elected to go with the woke agenda and social. I don't think they understand for a second what socialism, communism, Marxism looks like. I don't think they understand what took place, the horror that took place in China when they converted to communism in the 1950s and and how parents were separated from children. All these people that are bleeding in the streets for Black Lives Matter and Antifa and social justice and equity, they wouldn't last one day in a Chinese regime. And so the conversation, though, needs to say is, yeah, but you're their prey don't you understand that and so it's with love that we both need to open our eyes and i appreciate you know i've got a neighbor that's hung up a uh, i'm still dealing with this and i think you'll appreciate it he he's a relatively new neighbor from california and he's he originally he hung up an american flag 25 foot pole beautiful flag and then right below it he stuck a black lives matter flag and i was like oh my gosh what is going on here I got to go talk to this person. And then, you know, I prayed on it and I was like, okay, I'm going to get some literature and go over and talk about how this is the, you know, an evil, uh, fake charity. And and all of a sudden it was gone. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. I don't have to deal with this now. But the problem is he stuck a a pride flag up the next day. And here comes this thing. And so, you know, I can give my neighbor the benefit of the doubt that his heart is right. He, He maybe cares for people. But the problem is, is he's been a pawn in this government ploy. To, to get them to be submissive to these causes. And, and I just think speaking, opening the dialogue to neighbors that are not maybe on the same page on every political front, but knowing that there's one enemy that exists, I mean, Satan, but really in this foreman of our U.S. government and our political elite, and that we must be locked in arms well, we're all going to get slaughtered with division. I mean, we're, we, you talk about these little, you know, subdivisions and pockets of the country that are defending themselves and the um, I don't think people realize that, you know, most liberals, they're, they're the first prey on the board. I mean, are they not? I mean, these are not people that can go to war and defend their rights like they did 250 years ago when it took everybody. And then, you know, we just look at, you know, what are you fighting for? You're protecting some of our most wealthy elites in the world. Bill Gates. I mean, the trance, I guess, is what I'm saying over America, that we could look at Dr. Fauci and say God, and that we could look at Bill Gates and say, oh, I take everything he says to gay. What do you think? Is there a moment in time coming that could turn the lights on on the zombie that says, whoa, 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 whoa. I was duped. I was tricked. I don't want to do this anymore. How do I get free again as an American? Are we coming up to a moment like that, or is this cows heading into the slaughterhouse for most Americans? Uh, you know, that's a really good question, Matt. I, I think that the, the, what's activated most of this is most Americans, and I mean true Americans, people that are American citizens. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. The, um, haven't ever studied American history. Yeah. So they have nothing to lean into to understand that history repeats itself. Um, we've been down this road before. Um, the, what's so ironic is talking to liberals uh, and Democrats who don't know American history or having them talk to someone who found their freedom from a socialist country, whether it's Venezuela or the Soviet Union. And even after these people who lived through all of that are trying to shed some light on the problem, mm-hmm. uh, they laugh at them and go, you don't know what you're talking about. That's just <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This person was in prison for 13 years right. in a communist country. They saw it unfold and everything they saw unfold is what's unfolding now in our country. And you're telling them they don't know what they would talk about. Right. So it's an it's kind of a really pompous 
lazy attitude mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of a lot of people that aren't smart enough to wake up and smell the coffee. And these are the same people that will go to the slaughter. Um, but they, as I mean, if you look at look at history, all the people that died or were slaughtered, genocide, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. they didn't believe it could ever happen either. Right. But I mean, look, when 9-11 happened, yeah. if you were to tell somebody, you know, 15 years before that, planes were going to crash into the Twin Towers, they'd go, oh, that will never happen. Right. So people sometimes uh, don't have something that they don't have what's called wisdom. Right. They have knowledge and they're on their phone like this constantly and they collect data, but they don't have wisdom. Right. And wisdom is really important. You know, the Bible talks about wisdom. Yeah. And wisdom is something you kind of get from God, yeah. you know, and, and having the Holy Spirit in your life and stuff like yeah. that. So so as we gaze upon the nation, like in 2023, perhaps many of us are facing with the reality of perhaps it's all consumed by sheep. Right. Um, they, they're no better than puppets or ignorant idiots with no spines uh, caring less about freedom. Could be true. Perhaps yeah. we've even raised a cowardly generation. And, yeah. and if that's not true, I would immediately say, show yourselves, because I I want to see right. you. But if, but if it is true, then then we who believe different must keep fighting until a more patriotic generation mm. is built up again. Now, sadly, excuse me. Sadly, we may not see that in a life in our lifetime. But if it be the case, then let us set the mark for those such generations to which we will not see, but in whom we can trust. So for we as the older generations, yourself, myself, the guardians of the republic, as I like to call them, that are still here, let me assure everyone today that there is still hope. And even more than hope, if we put our words into action, you know, make no mistake, I believe the tide has shifted in support of everything our forefathers put in place for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our democracy is the platform on which we stand, and it's on which we have defended with the blood of almost every warrior in the United States since 1776. Yeah. So if you're a Democrat, in my opinion, then you're a socialist. Yep. And if you're a socialist, then you're a threat to democracy. Yeah. Your words and your actions thus far are very treasonous. And should you choose not to be seen that way, then let me, re- you know, let me encourage you to change parties. Now, people yeah. go, well, it sounds like you hate Democrats, boss, saying, and I try not to ever hate anyone, as I said, but let it be known that I do not have the luxury of compromising the values of our Constitution or the efforts of our founding fathers. I hate Amen. the enemies of America. And if the Democrats become the enemies of America, then I guess I hate you too. Yeah. And they've shown themselves to be exactly that, the enemy. And. <laughs> People say, well, with that type of statement, Boz, you're dividing the country. Nah. You know what? Hey, wake up and smell the coffee. The country is already divided, and no warm and fuzzy feel-good legislation or discussions of compromise is going to help us all get along. If you mm. think so, then you're either smoking weed yep. or you really don't have a clear understanding of the battle and the type of people who are hell-bent on destroying the nation. You know, and, you know so <laughs> sounds like I'm trying to make people angry. Guess what? Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm trying to make all of you so angry that you finally get up out of your comfort zone 
and do something rather than constantly running around in circles with the judicial system that's corrupt and broken to a point that not even the Supreme Court would look at the evidence of election fraud on many cases. And do you think that's any better here in the home state of Colorado? Nope. So, yeah, I'm trying to make you so angry that you realize that you have to fight fire with fire. And here's an interesting strategy that might just scare the Democrats to death. Yeah. And I know this is this is funny, but ballot harvesting is the practice of which political operatives collect absentee votes. Yep. Or excuse me, absentee ballots from the voters homes and they drop them off at the polling place or the election office. Everybody agrees. And it may sound pretty innocuous, but this practice can and has been abused across the country. We know that we saw this play out in the. 2018 midterm elections in North Carolina in the 9th Congressional District, when a political operative abused the process of harvesting ballots, which resulted in the North Carolina State Board of Elections to call for a re-election, as you recall. Mm -hmm. So ignoring this most notable threat to election security is unacceptable in an election security bill, something the Democrats, by the way, have chosen to do not once in this Congress, but on several occasions. So in their monstrous partisan elections bill, Democrats rushed through, I think, at the start of Congress, uh, H.R. 1, mm-hmm. the majority, and they rejected the revision attempts made by the Republicans at every opportunity to add an amendment that would strike the practice of Harvard ballasting down. So <laughs> while the Democrats choose to ignore the obvious threat to our nation's elections, Republicans remain committed to outlawing that kind of sinister practice currently legal in states like California to ensure that every American vote is counted and protected. So it's our congressional duty to give the American people the trust they deserve in their constitutional right for free and fair elections. But that free and fair election process will never again be available until we are able to unseat the Democrats and pass election security bills that have provisions to prevent the ballot harvesting, right? Yep. So how do we unseat? Yeah. We use the same tactic yeah. Ballot harvest to the point that we force their hand to passing election security bills or we defeat them and use the majority of Republicans to get the bills passed ourselves. Now, this is certainly not the tactic I wish we needed to use, but I can tell you from my time downrange and every warfighter in here knows this to be true. When the enemy fights dirty, you have to do the same thing. Yep. Are we seriously that concerned about maintaining our image as no. the good guys that we're willing to let the republic die at the hands of Democrats and globalists? That's a question. We do what we have to do until we can do what we want to do. And right now, it's time to get your hands dirty. Yes. Do yourself a favor and start playing the game like the Democrats and let it be known that you intend to mimic their strategies and just see what happens. And I can tell you what will happen. In their typical Hippocratic fashion, they will scream foul play, yep. but it will not hold water. And while they're screaming, we will take back the country. Amen. I'm of the opinion, Mr. Boz, that Democrats would never win another election in this country without mail-in ballots. And that's why they're fighting so hard. They don't want to verify signatures. They want to ballot harvest. They want to go door-to-door at apartment complexes and collect these things. And guess what, Republicans? You're going to have to do the exact same. You're going to have to drive farther and longer. But that's okay because the price 
is where LGBTQ is the norm and, and God is completely right. removed from society. I mean, it's just a breathtaking moment. What a time to be alive, though. I mean, my goodness, my gracious. And I'm sure everybody has said that in their history. There's been a moment to rise up. This is that moment because it's right in your face right now. The the balance of freedom and, you know, socialism is just that cup of coffee you have right before communism. And most people don't give that the threat that it truly is. Our guest is Mr. Basil Baz, and we are so grateful to have him. Now, I want to go into, you know, we still got five, six minutes here, and I want to thank you. Sure. I just saw, uh, and I'm, see, I'm looking for a unifying thing. See, the protection of children should bring everybody, even a Democrat, even a Republican, even somebody who says, I love the climate change movement, and somebody says, I'm going to church every day of my life. The protection of children should be something that can bring us right together. I just saw this was last night, I believe Mel Gibson going to do a series of films on this highlighting, exposing. I know Jim Caviezel. He's got a film out now with this same kind of line of work that you're doing. Do you believe that this oversaturation? I mean, if we can just saturate everything that we do with the protection of children, is that a unifying thing that exposes pedophiles like Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and Epstein Island and Bill Gates and all these. Isn't that something that could bring Americans together and says uh, we were whatever we were wrong about in the past. We're all on board against this. Do you believe that this is one thing that unites every single person with a soul? I believe it could be and it should be, Matt, but I do not believe it is. I believe what unites us in this country is understanding the history of where we came from, the sacrifices that were made, um, investing in the Constitution. Um, as so many oftentimes you hear General Flynn, Mike Flynn speak yeah. uh, across the nation. Um, I believe you have to care for the country before you can care for the people of the country. Yeah. Um, if you do it the other way around, then it's too easy to displace the issue it's too easy to displace people. It's uh, You can always pick the people up and put them on another island. You yep. can always <laughs> displace the issue by saying it's only happening in over there. But when you realize that without this great country, no matter what good we do, particularly with children, um, we have no place to take them. Yeah. We have no place to give them safety. And so the challenge is how do we structure our nation so that we provide a place not only for bad people but we provide a place for children as well because here's the reality those children are the future of our nation yeah so we protect the children but there's yeah. no country left what happens to them so it's not I, the chicken and the egg theory as much as you know because as much as it is um, that issue i wish that every person in our country cared about children the way we care about children but they don't no there are children that were raised wrong there are children that uh were raised to become adults that abuse everything in life other children we're an over sexualized society um the lgbtq xyz w whatever they're going to be next Mm -hmm. week yep um they certainly don't help with the issue um and uh and I go back again and say it's not with all gay people because yep. um, I have people that I know that are gay that, that actually don't even support the LGBT, right. you know, at all. Right. In fact, they despise it. Right. And we're starting to see more of that happening because they love the country and they see 
that it's an organization that supported Antifa, it supported BLM. It's become this radical organization under the guise of, by the way, a rainbow flag that God owns to begin with. That right. was a Noah thing. Yep. So, you know, my the people I know that are gay go, you know, we kind of stole that. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. So, um, and and other organ and other organizations and other leaders. So, I think that what's going to happen, and I think we have to pay attention to this. Only three percent, only three percent of the colonists actually got involved in the war and saving this country and helping us become a nation. Just three percent. Um, one man or one woman with courage is a majority. And I think that we should not look to think that the entire nation uh, will pull together, but there will be the few in the nation that will save the country and that will save the children. So we constantly are betting all the NGOs that are rescuing children out there to find out who's doing what they're saying they're doing. And I think if there's gonna be any unif unification, it has to be with the people that are really doing it that go after the problem, get rid of the corruption, save the children, and then the rest of the nation later on will go, oh, wow, look at what we did. Yeah. And in fact, they probably did nothing. Amen. I think that that's the answer. Amen. Mr. Boss, I cannot thank you enough for your time here this morning. Impactful, insightful, causing action in the hearts of all the listeners that we're going to employ. Tell us all the places we can find you, catch you, support you with your work. Please let us know where we can do that stuff at. Yeah, if you go to www.recoveryofchildren.org, that's our website, uh, recoveryofchildren.com. Uh, we'll talk about our training classes that we have. We have a six-day, very intense um, fight child trafficking equipping course. It's not a, an awareness course. It's actually how to teach people to run operations yeah. and actually go rescue kids. And if you're interested in any of the books I've written, and thank you for mentioning those, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, you can go to bozbooks.com. Awesome. And um, – Outside of that, if you need to get in touch with me, they can contact you, and you yes. can call me on the bat phone. How's that? Uh, sounds great. I'll have all the contact info in the show notes, folks. We want to thank you. Thank you for your time. God bless your work. God speed to you, folks. And we say this every time. Until next time, serve God, help others, stay good. Goodbye. Stay connected with the show on Instagram at The Matthew Dark Show or send an email to TheMatthewDarkShow at gmail.com. Missed a show? Download any episode on Spotify. The Matthew Dark Show, live Wednesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. on KLZ 560 a.m.